Our Father, I thank you for uh, this time together. We thank you for gathering your people uh, to, to worship and to praise you. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you meet us here, that you uh, show yourself to us here, that you make yourself known to us, that you be glorified in all that we do, uh, that you even make this a space where we, we are with you, that we... Um, remember who you are and, and what you have done and what you are doing and, and who that makes us and, and even transforms the way we live. Father, we just pray that over the next few minutes uh, that you would speak to each one of us, that you would uh, have us each hear what we need to hear and that you would call us to uh, chase after you, to seek first the kingdom of heaven and your righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's a, a popular verse. It's in Proverbs 29, 18. And it says, where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. That's, that's ESV. If you memorize it growing up, maybe you know, where there is no vision, the people will perish. I'm not saying you're going to die if there's no vision, but, you know, maybe. I don't know. ESV says, where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. And it's true, right? Like, when we don't know where we're going or, or what we're after, we don't stay locked in to any one particular way. We just tend to sort of wander aimlessly without direction. And even when there is vision, when there is direction, we're forgetful people who need to be reminded, like again and again, of why we're doing the things that we're doing and what they're for and where we are going. And on the other hand, when there is vision, when we do have direction, when we have like our hopes set on a future that we believe is, is almost certain, well, realizing that future hope is worth the discipline and the sacrifice needed in the present to get there. It's worth staying locked into a path in a way. So this morning, like as we enter 2024 uh, together as a church. We just want to like stop and look forward just a little bit together to remind us of where it is that we're, we're going together, what it is that we're doing together, and to kind of call us back into it together. Well, if you've been around Redemption Church long or if you stick around Redemption uh, Church long at all, you're going to hear us say this quite a bit, that we're striving together to make the real Jesus known by being honest about our failures loving the way that he loves, serving the community for the good of all, and inviting everybody in to the family of God. If you visit our website, that's the first thing that you'll see is that statement. It's in big letters in the lobby if you go out that way. It's on a bunch of our handouts that are back there in the resource center. For us, that's the vision. But like even within that statement itself, there's like a part that is confessing like our continued failure. Because the truth is that while we know that Jesus has often been misrepresented, like by the world, um, by those who don't know him, even by the, the church at large itself, the truth is, is that we uh, confess we ourselves have often severely misrepresented Jesus. So the statement's not meant to be misleading, like as if we have it right at Redemption Church while everybody else has it wrong, or like we know the real Jesus in a way that nobody else can. Like we're the ones who have made it, 
So come and see what we have to say about him. That's not the case. Rather, we're just convinced like that our failures do not define who Jesus really is and what he really does. We believe that the real Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life, no matter who we've made him out to be. So we don't want to like go figure out a new way or another way. We just want to turn to the way of Jesus together. And the Jesus of the Bible, he calls us to things like bearing with one another in love and striving together for the faith of the gospel. These are not super easy things to do. Actually practice in, in the real day-to-day stuff of life, it's really quite messy. But it's this kind of beautiful mess that we believe the real Jesus has called us into. We're not claiming to be there yet, right? But we're striving together to know and to make known the real Jesus, not some misrepresentation of who he is. Because the Bible is just like full of the message that Jesus loves each and every one of us more than any one of us can imagine. That he came and he lived and he died and he rose again to demonstrate his great love for us, to rescue us even from ourselves and to redeem and to restore all of creation and to be with us now and for eternity. So we know that the church has misrepresented Jesus often. We know that this church, Redemption Church, has misrepresented Jesus. I have misrepresented Jesus. Each of you has misrepresented Jesus. But our aim here is to be found striving together to know the real Jesus and to make him known. That is what we want to be true of us at Redemption Church, like through and through. Because we believe that the more that that is true of us, that we're people who are striving after him, striving to know the real Jesus and make him known, the more that's true of us, the more we will represent and reflect Jesus as he rightly is in the world around us. Last week I shared from John 15, Jesus' call to abide in him. We've visited this often as a church. John 15, 4 says this, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And the point drawn from here last week was that we ought to just take some time to get quiet and to be still and to be with Jesus, to abide in him. And sort of like as a continuation of that call from last week, this morning, I want to help us to begin to look forward to the next season and even the next year of life together at Redemption Church as we seek to continually abide in Christ together. Like I said, we say that our aim at Redemption Church is striving together to know the real Jesus and to make him known by being honest about our failures, loving everybody the way he loves them, serving the city for the good of all and inviting everybody into the family of God. This is what we want to be true of us. And so towards that end, we have a few yearly rhythms of learning and practicing some spiritual disciplines together. Now, spiritual disciplines, if you don't know that word, uh, spiritual disciplines is just like practices or exercises that we do on purpose with the intention of growing in our relationship with God. And so we're going through these yearly rhythms of practicing these spiritual disciplines together in an effort 
to pursue Christ-likeness together, to pursue becoming the people we say that we want to be. And so over the course of a year, uh, for the last couple of years now, we've spent some intentional time, one, practicing being with Jesus, two, practicing becoming more like Jesus, and three, doing the things that Jesus does. We just spend a season focusing on each of these areas throughout the year. And so the first season of practices focuses on learning to be with Jesus, realizing that we can never make the real Jesus known if we don't know him and if we aren't spending time with him. And so we've learned, some, some, we've learned and practiced a few spiritual disciplines together uh, that I hope have helped us learn to continue to abide in Christ, right? Like we spent some time in silence and solitude, we spent time uh, with emotional awareness, casting cares, Bible reading uh, for transformation, both like individually and corporately. We've also spent an entire season praying the Lord's Prayer together. And all of these different practices that we've learned over the last couple of years are meant to help us to learn to be with Jesus, to get to know Him through and through and to abide in Him. And the second season of, or rhythm of practices focuses on learning to become more like Jesus. And so in the past couple of years, we spent time considering Jesus' own broken genealogy. And then like in our missional communities and on our own, we spent some time like opening up about our own past, about our own family history, recognizing the brokenness that exists there, and then inviting the Lord into those parts of our own stories that we often ignore in order to let him begin to redeem and restore and heal those parts of us. We've also gone through practices that were meant to help us consider like how our faith might shape who we are and what we do uh, vocationally. These seasons, these rhythms of becoming more like Jesus are meant to be transformative in some way so we become more like him. And then lastly, we spend a season practicing doing the things that Jesus does. Because in John 15, 4, there's like clearly an expectation of bearing fruit. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. You see, our abiding in him should lead us to do things that Jesus does, living in the ways of Jesus. Specifically, we should be bearing the fruit of loving others the way that he loves us. And so we've practiced doing that by considering uh, how Jesus used like the rhythms of eating and drinking, right, to demonstrate his love, how he made space for us all at the table, how he showed hospitality for those who were closest to him, but also for neighbors and for strangers and for outcasts, for would-be enemies, which led us to practice some hospitality of our own. We've practiced our eating and drinking together, opening our homes to those in the family, outside of the family, making some space to show others the love of Christ. And these rhythms of doing the things that Jesus does, they help us to actively take part in making him known together, of making the real Jesus known together. Now these are all rhythms of practice, meant to keep us striving together to make the real Jesus known. We aren't there yet, but we're practicing. In his book, The Pursuit of God, A.W. Tozer, he wrote that the idea of cultivation and exercise, so dear to the saints of old, has now no place in our total religious picture. It's too slow. It's too common. 
We now demand glamour and fast-flowing dramatic action. A generation of Christians reared among push buttons and automatic machines is impatient of slower and less direct methods of reaching their goals. We've been trying to apply machine-age methods to our relationship with God. If that was true in the 1940s when A.W. Tozer wrote this, it's likely even more true today. We want the quickest way to reach our goals. You, gotta, you just sign up, show up, pay the fee, and you're in. You tick the boxes, you get the reward. But this is probably why so many of us fail to keep our New Year's resolutions, right? Because the true maturity in anything is never reached quickly and in that way. So we shouldn't be discouraged, I think, if we aren't there yet. As Eugene Peterson wrote of Christian discipleship, it is a long obedience in the same direction. In 1 Timothy, Paul encouraged Timothy to train yourself for godliness. And training takes time. Godliness or maturity as a Christian is cultivated in our increasingly knowing God and abiding in Him. In order to make the real Jesus known, we have to really know Him. And growing to truly know anybody takes time. Like if you just think about it, who have you ever known fully overnight or simply by going through some motions? Nobody. The closest person to me in my life is Claire, my wife. Claire and I have been married for 22 years this coming May. We've been a couple for 26 years. We started dating in September of 1997. And I think we're still getting to know each other. You know, our family likes to take road trips. We like to take a big road trip like every uh, two years. We're trying to visit all the states uh, in our country. Uh, and so we get to see some pretty cool stuff. This past summer, we got to travel north. We visited D.C. and Philly and New York City, uh, Acadia National Park in Maine, Vermont, the Adirondacks, and more. And it was awesome. It was a whirlwind, but it was awesome. Those trips always are. And I love getting to see all those places. I love that my kids get to see all those places. But what I really love even more than the sites that we get to go see and take in is the journey that we're taking together. Obviously, there's uncomfortable moments on those road trips. There's fighting. There's, uh, there's some boredom and all of that. But there's also like a lot of storytelling and laughter and they're sharing meals and there's learning about each other. My relationship with my kids is infinitely more valuable than anything we get to see on those trips. And the journey together is where it's at for us relationally. I say all that just to say we've been through these seasons of purposefully, uh, purposeful practice, of purposeful training for godliness together. Are we there yet? Are we perfectly representing Christ? Absolutely not. But while it may not be who we are now, it is certainly who we are becoming as Christ continues to shape us. And as we journey through these seasons of practicing being with Jesus and becoming more like Jesus and doing the things that Jesus does, we're growing together in Christ and in Christ's likeness, which is what Paul said that he hoped that he would find when he finally made it to Philippi in Philippians 1.27. It says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or whether I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit of, with one mind, striving side 
by side for the faith of the gospel. See, Paul knew that training and striving together towards godliness wasn't a quick uh, way to reach a goal. It was a continuous journey together. So no matter when he might get to visit the Philippians, his hope was to find them striving side by side together for the faith of the gospel. That was his vision for them. Because the journey, like the long obedience in the same direction, the striving side by side together for the faith in the gospel, the slow training of it all, Jesus is making himself known to us through this also. And so my hope this morning is to invite you into another year of training, another season of continuing to like cultivate godliness by striving together for the faith of the gospel. And so over the next few months, we're going to spend some time again with the practice of being with Jesus. Jesus came to be known by us and, and, and to be known by others. That's why he came, to make the invisible God visible. And his call like to seek him first, it, it isn't something that we're meant to accomplish. It's an invitation to come and to journey with him, to know him and to see the world through his eyes and to love the world with his heart. It's an invitation to abide in him and find our life in him. And so next week, on Sundays, we're going to be returning to the Gospel of John, which we were in in the fall. We're going to cover the second half of that book. And if you were with us in the fall for part one, you, you may notice a big shift as we move into the second part of John. It mainly covers the last week or so before the cross. And we'll see how Jesus like turns into his disciples in these last days, into his friends, and he just pours into them heavily, and he's with them, telling and demonstrating to them who he really is, really making himself known to them, preparing them for what's to come, and inviting them to abide in him through it all. He is with them. And as we go through these next several chapters together, at the same time, our calendar is going to be moving us towards Good Friday, and then, praise God, Easter. But before that, for this season of practicing being with Jesus together, we want to purposely walk through the season of Lent together at Redemption, which starts in February. It'll certainly line up well with our time in John, but, but beyond that, we're going to be observing Lent together in our missional communities as well, which is where we'll really get to prepare for and practice uh, the spiritual disciplines of Lent together. Now, if you're not familiar with Lent, uh, as I know many may not be. I myself didn't practice Lent growing up. Uh, I was in denominations that didn't really observe it. In fact, I would say that well into my adult life, I was a little bit leery of it, but I think that was mostly just because I was unfamiliar with it. So if you're not, if you're not familiar with it, traditionally, Lent is a 40-day period of fasting and prayer and devotion towards remembering our brokenness and God's work of redemption through the personal work. Of Jesus Christ. This season of like 40 days of fasting, which reflects Jesus' own 40 days of fasting in the desert, it leads us up to Good Friday when we remember the crucifixion of Jesus and all that he accomplished through his work on the cross and knowing that just beyond that lies an empty tomb on Easter. Now at Redemption Church, 
We've never insisted on a particular way to observe Lent. Uh, fasting is traditionally practiced during Lent, but it's not required. Perhaps fasting uh, is something that is appropriate for you. It can be a good practice to set something aside for a season in order to help you set your focus on Jesus, and we'll encourage you to do that in some way. But we'll also encourage you to set aside some time for prayer and for reading through Scripture. But we're going to go through all of that in our missional communities uh, over the coming weeks, and that'll kind of you'll kind of sort that out together and, and decide how you would like to observe Lent this season. What we really want to invite you into over this next season is to turn to Jesus with intention and practice being with him. So I'm inviting you this morning to participate in this next season of learning and of practicing the spiritual disciplines of being with Jesus together. And I'm asking you to like make space Make space to practice together by engaging with us in the rhythms and in the spaces that we've planned to help equip us all in that. And mainly, we just have two big things that happen here at Redemption Church, right? Two main rhythms. That's Sunday morning gatherings and missional communities. Our missional communities will be the spaces where we'll get to like really dive into learning and practicing these spiritual disciplines together. So if you aren't already involved in an MC, I really want to encourage you to get connected. If you're new here, first let me say we're so glad that you're here. Um, I hope this morning, like even maybe is helping you get to know us just a little bit better. We'd love to, to meet you and to tell you more about us and to help get you connected. You'll be able to swing by the back there and meet us afterwards if you'd like. But over the next few weeks... Um, Missional communities will start to kind of kick off again. Now, they're not closed. You could join another time, but this is the time to jump in for sure. We have five missional communities like across the area. They meet at different times and at different days. Uh, it looks different in, in every one of them. As we get going in the next couple of weeks and we start kicking off, they'll each host like sort of a kickoff party or a dinner and they're going to go over their calendar and their program for what's coming up over the, uh, the, over the spring. Um, and so it's a really great time just to go ahead and plan on checking out an MC or two if you're not already connected or involved and kind of see what's coming up and which would fit for you. I also want to say this. To those who are already in a missional community, like we have a couple of times throughout the year that they kind of come with a, a built-in per, permission uh, to switch things up if you need to, right? Schedules change, seasons of life change and so on. And sometimes you may find that you really need to change groups, whether that's for a scheduling thing or, or whatever it may be. But that can be really hard to do because we grow really close to each other. We don't want to offend each other. We don't want to leave each other. Uh, you're not leaving each other. You're, you're part of the same church. We, it's not that big, right? We, we can still be a part of each other's lives. Um, all that to say, we want you to have permission now to reset if you need to reset. If you need to make a change, like now's a really good time to do that as things are kind of gearing up. Nobody's going to hold it against you. We love you. We are for one another. We're striving together. We're bearing with one another. And we just want you plugged into the family. So, so just please hear that if you need to hear it. It's a good time to make a change if you need to make a change. And that's okay. Either way, please get connected. Please get connected. Get involved. Let's strive side by side together for the faith of the gospel in this coming season. I know 
I'll be in the back after this. Brent, who's our MC uh, pastor, will be in the back uh, at the Resource Center after we get done here. Um, Stop by, get connected. He can help get you connected to these different missional communities if you need any help with that. I'm going to close with this. One of my favorite authors, Dallas Willard, uh, he wrote that spiritual disciplines are the place that we meet and dwell with Jesus. See, these practices can help us enter like a sort of a sacred space. They kind of posture us to enter into a sacred space where we encounter God and learn to abide in Jesus at all times by the Spirit. This is the space where we'll be transformed into people who know Jesus and look like Jesus and do the things that Jesus does so that the real Jesus is made known through us. May we be a people who, as Paul said to the Philippians, are always found standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. We're going to enter into a time of response as we do each week here at Redemption, and I'm going to invite you to come and to take communion with us. Um, As you come, you can come down the middle aisle. You'll see the bread. You can dip it in the wine or the juice, and when we are doing this, we are remembering Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who came and died and rose again for us, and we are remembering his body and his blood that he gave for us, and we are proclaiming this truth to one another. And so if you're a Christian, whether you're a member at Redemption or not, we'd invite you to come and to take with us. And as you come, you can give. There's a box in the back back there if you want to give your tithes and offerings there. Maybe that slips out of your account. You can also give online. Whatever the case, take a moment in these next few minutes to properly just remember that giving and participate in the giving. And remember that God is who he says he is, that he's your provider, that he's a sustainer of all of life. And give that back to him as an as a act of worship. Um, the band's going to come and lead us and I'm going to pray for us. If you need some time to pray, we encourage you to take that and to come and join us. Let's pray. Our Father, as we uh, enter into like a new season and a new year at Redemption Church, it's new, but it's still the same. Our goal is, is really still the same. We just want to know you for who you really are and we want to be more like you so that people know who you really are when they see us. Use Redemption Church to make the real Jesus known to this city and to this community. Lord, I pray that as you lead us through these next few seasons, as you lead us and you meet us in these disciplines um, and these practices and these exercises, as we train for godliness, Lord, I just pray that you would transform our hearts, that you would transform our lives, that you would teach us to be with you, teach us to slow down enough to just be with you. We got the doing is going to happen. Just help us to be with you and let that inform everything about who we are and what we do. God, continue to help us to become more like you that our lives will do the things that Jesus does and in all things. 
God, would you be glorified? In Jesus' name.
guys stand with me as we say this corporate confession of sin and assurance of pardoning grace. I'll read what's first. Remain in me and I in you. We need forgiveness and renewal as we continue in you. Yeah. 